This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm a recovering sexaholic. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And I am super excited that you are here with episode 16. Woohoo! We're going to continue today with our part three, our final part of the 30 day talking back challenge. So if you haven't already, I know you've heard this probably 10 times, but make sure you get on the website, uh, worthrecovery.com, and join the mailing list for the Talking Back Challenge. That will give you access to some additional worksheets as well as uh, the worksheets we're going to be talking about today, as well as the previous ones from Phase 2 and Phase 3. Not only will it give you access to those worksheets, as we get into the actual 30 days, you'll continue to get some reminders and some great things uh, via email. So make sure you've done that. Again, it's the website, worthrecovery.com, and you can join the Talking Back Challenge there. There's a button on the left side. No, it's on the right side. Sorry. There's a button on the right side of the screen. It says, join now, Talking Back Challenge. So make sure that you've done that. Also, um, if you haven't yet and you're listening to this via iTunes, our iTunes subscriptions are growing like crazy. I would love for you to give us a rating. If you can get on the iTunes store and give us a rating and maybe even a comment about how these this is helping you or how a specific episode has helped you, that would be really great. iTunes is recognizing us as something that's growing and the more ratings and the more comments that we get the more visible we become and we can help more women in recovery. So that can be your little way of giving back. If you'll get on iTunes and give us a rating and a comment, that would be fantastic. I'm continually humbled by the growth of this podcast. Um, I never intended, I don't know, I never intended this to to grow as quickly and as fast as it has. Um, Please, I hope you know it's not my goal here to put myself or my life up as the poster child for recovery or for women. I just want to provide a rally point where we can all talk and all discuss. And And I'm excited that we're going to be adding some things to the website soon that will give you an opportunity to be more interactive and to be able to interact with each other. Because I think that's an essential part of recovery is interacting with other people in recovery and learning and growing from them. So... Thank you again for listening and for all the feedback and the support. It's been amazing. So today, though, I'm really, really excited to get to our third part, our final part of the 30-Day Talking Back Challenge. So just a quick recap, in episode 12, we, t- we had our part one. And I told you the story about how I first started affirmations or talking back statements. I like to call them talking back statements. We discussed the four-phase process that I go through to write my affirmations, really with the goal of maximum impact, right? We also started the process and discussed phase one, uh, enemy identification. We discussed how you can identify the exact negative phrases and the shaming voices that are going on in your head so that you can start talking back to them. Now remember phase one, again, enemy identification, 
In order for your talking back statements to have maximum impact, you need to know the exact argument or statement that you are fighting with. Your chances of success will skyrocket if you can aim at an exact target. So your first step to declare war on these negative shaming voices in your head is to really identify the enemy, the control statements. These are the statements that you think or say to yourself that cause the most damage. They might scare you. They might paralyze you. They might convince you to not take action in your life. They are usually the ones you say over and 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 over to yourself, right? So in phase one, we worked to identify those specifically and as accurately as possible. That was episode 12. In episode 14, we discussed the next two phases in detail, phase two and phase three. Remember that phase two was about threat level assessment, right? We classify our control statements into four major categories, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Our goal was to identify which category the battle was heaviest in, maybe one or two specific areas in your life. And as we all know, experience shows that if we can focus the battle, we will raise our chances of success. And so we took those statements, we classified them into the four categories, and then we picked the two categories that had the highest rating so that we could focus our efforts in those areas. We discussed how to kind of brainstorm how you want to feel in that area, how you want that battle to go, and what winning that battle would look like, what success would look like. So there was a worksheet for that that came out via email if you uh, joined the mailing list. Um, and then we talked about phase three as well, our attack plan design. This is where we took those two focus areas and we actually wrote our statements. We identified, first we identified the control statements in those areas. And we talked about what the opposite of those statements would be. We talked about what you want to believe about yourself. And then we, I gave you a process on how to carefully craft a talking back statement for each one. And we talked about writing those statements in, in present tense as though you're experiencing it right now. And to start those statements with I am or my, that was episode 14, phase two and phase three. So now you're here on episode 16 and you've completed phases one, two, and three. So you have your talking back statements and you're ready to go to war and declare war. So here, here are my talking back statements. I wanted to share them with you. These are the ones I'm going to use for the challenge. I am super, super excited about these. Every time I read them, I am just excited. I'm filled with hope. I'm filled with energy and motivation. So my two focus areas that I picked were physical and emotional. Those were the two areas I picked. So I have two kind of talking back statements. There, there are a few sentences, right? In my physical area. And then I have two in my emotional area. So number one, number one in my physical area, I am an athlete and take advantage of the daily opportunity I have to train and to move my body. I listen to the signals my body sends me and I remain mindful about the way I fuel my body. I am healthy, strong, and capable. That's my number one statement. Number two, I am beautiful inside and out. I maintain my appearance and dress in a way that reflects how I feel about myself. I love my style and feel confident being me. That was my number two. So those are the two ones that I have in my physical area. And then I have two in my emotional area. One of them we talked about in episode 14. And I read it to you then, but I'll read it again. Number three. 
I am fun, cheerful, accepting, and worthy. I am quick to laugh and not afraid to cry. People seek me out because of my authenticity, wisdom, and insights. Being confident in my true self gives others permission to do the same. That's my number three. And my number four, also in the emotional area. I am successful because of the lessons I have learned through addiction and recovery. My struggles and experiences add to my talents and abilities and provide me with opportunities to help and serve others. The sky is the limit for me. Like I said, I love these statements. Every time I read them, I'm filled with hope, excitement, and energy. Your statements can do the same for you. They might not at first. They might feel kind of untrue or a little weird. Your whole body might be fighting against them. But even if you can just hope a little bit, if you can find a small piece of faith that they might actually be true, that they could be true, maybe, this will work for you. I promise. I promise it will work. I know because I've seen it in my own life. And now we've done phases one, two, and three. It's time to move on to phase four. So let's remind ourselves real quick about what phase four is. The phase four is called digging the trenches. Trench warfare was about longevity. When soldiers dug trenches, they knew they were going to be there for a long time. It symbolized commitment and dedication. It symbolized an iron will to hold your ground. It symbolized your willingness to go to any length to win. Digging the trenches is about your commitment level. So this is the phase where we're going to design a routine. We're going to decide how and when we're going to execute our plan. And you're going to make the commitment. You're going to share it with others. You're going to put it on your calendar. You set an alarm on your phone. You decide, you commit, and you make it happen no matter what. So that's what phase four is about. So here we are. Ready? We have our talking back statements and we're ready to go to war. We're ready to fight. We have to do a few things first to raise our chances of success. Okay, first, we have to make the commitment. Our challenge is for 30 days. We have to make the commitment to read these statements out loud every day for 30 days in a row. This type of commitment can do wonders for us as as recovering addicts. Because I know in my addiction, it was very rare that I did something 30 days in a row. At least something that fueled my addiction, right? I mean, wow. At least something that fueled my recovery, not my addiction. I mean, I would eat for sure, but am I fueling my recovery? Making the commitment to do this is worth it. When I make a commitment like this, I try to share it with someone so that I have some accountability. I tell them I'm going to be doing this and ask them if I can call them once a week and report about it. It doesn't have to be someone else in recovery, but it could be. You make the commitment and you share it. So I've shared the commitment with my friend Alyssa. Oh, and just as an FYI, I changed the names of all my friends on here for their protection and anonymity. Alyssa is totally awesome. She's not in my recovery circle per se, but we do talk a lot about shame and grief and we have a really, really strong connection. I love her and I am super excited to share this with her and she is really excited as well. So I'm excited about that. So if you haven't already, make the commitment and share it with someone because that will help you to stay focused and help you to stay in it for the long haul. I made a commitment to Alyssa and I'm going to call her once a week and report to her about how it's going, how I'm feeling about it and what's going on. Second, you need to make your statements mobile. 
okay? I recommend writing them on cards or paper that can travel with you. I've designed a sheet that you can print out that has a calendar on the back so you can cross off the days as you go along. That's what helps me. So I printed it out, cut it up, and I write my statements on the blank side, right, which would be the back, and I use the other side to keep track of my statements of when I read them. You can get that worksheet uh, on the website, worthrecovery.com. Just go to this podcast, Podcast 16, and the worksheets there are available for you. Third is you need to set a daily routine. I know, I talk a lot about daily routines and the need for things that we do daily in order to move our recovery forward. Let me tell you, I talk about it a lot because it's not just a recovery principle. This is a life principle. We need daily things that we do, habits, routines, rituals, in order to help train our brain and make intentional neuropathways and intentional lives. You need to decide on your daily routine. I have found it most helpful to read my statements twice a day, usually in the morning and then in the late afternoon or the evening. So here are some examples of things that you can do. One, if you travel to and from work, you can keep the cards in your car. You read them before you get out of the car in the morning on the way and go into work, right? And then you can read them again, either before you drive home or when you arrive home. And so attaching it to that routine and putting them in your car could, could help you to make that happen. Keep them in your visor, something like that. Second, link them to another behavior you do in the morning. Maybe you read every morning from scripture or recovery literature or something like that. Totally awesome. So you could add these to the beginning or the end of that routine. Maybe you work out every night. Awesome. Again, add these to the beginning or the end of that routine. So link them to another behavior. Third, set reminders on your phone. Your phone's already connected to you like all the time, right? So take pictures of your statements and then set a phone alarm to remind you at a certain time in the morning and in the afternoon or the evening. Whatever you decide to do, make a routine out of it. Add it to something and set reminders. Don't think you're just going to remember because you won't remember. I promise. You've got to do something intentional in order to make it happen. I've decided to do mine every morning at 8 a.m. when I eat breakfast and then every afternoon at 5 p.m. I've set alarms on my phone. Really, they're all ready to go. I have my statements all ready and I'm set. When my alarm goes off, my phone says, time for battle. Isn't that awesome? I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay, so make sure that you have established your routine. Whatever it is, make sure you've established it. So I'm confident that you've tried something like this before. Maybe not affirmations exactly, maybe not talking back, but you've tried something. You've tried to make a habit out of something and you may or may not have succeeded. Probably not succeeded, right? Because if doing something like this was easy, there would not be a $6 billion weight loss industry or an equivalent change consultant industry, right? I mean, like if changing was easy, We wouldn't have these industries that write books, provide consultants and different ideas and things about how to change. There are all sorts of myths, stories, processes, ideas out there about habits and changing. It takes 21 days. It takes three months. It's hard. It's easy. It's it's everything in between. The thing I have found is that there's no magic. There is no perfect scenario or perfect combination that everyone can replicate perfectly and be successful at it. No, life is a personalized and individualized event. We have to figure out what will work for us and how to do it. That's part of our jobs here in life. I want to talk a little bit about how you do it. How do you change a habit? 
When you start a new habit, make a new commitment, there's usually like a honeymoon period or a honeymoon phase. This is the excitement phase when the adrenaline is still pumping. You're so excited and have all sorts of motivation. It feels easy almost. You can't wait to read your statements and cross the date off on the back of your card. You have all sorts of confidence and faith and motivation. You got this, right? Yeah, and then it, and then it wears off. Maybe a few days, maybe a full week, maybe a little longer, but eventually it wears off. Maybe you miss a day and you get discouraged, but eventually you start thinking, why, why am I doing this? This is what you could call the fight through phase, right? This is where the battle gets real. This is where you decide, am I fighting for the long haul? Am I committed to the trenches? Or am I going to put my head up and abandon my post? And a lot of people do. And unfortunately, when you're talking about war, they usually get shot in the process of running away. Because trenches, commitment, does provide a little bit of shelter. They lose the battle because they're not willing to fight through. So how do you fight through? How do you stay committed? For me, recognition is the key. Recognition that you are in the fight through phase, knowing it's coming, knowing that it will eventually be there and you're going to have to fight through. It's okay. Everyone gets to that point. It is normal to have to fight through. Tell yourself you're going to win. Tell yourself from the beginning, when I get to the fight through phase, I'm going to win. Stay committed. Call your friend that you've shared this commitment with and tell them, I'm in the fight through phase and I'm committed to winning. Stay committed. It also helps sometimes to bring your emotions to the fight. Ask yourself, how will I feel if I quit now? That one question helps me so much. How will I feel if I quit now? Let yourself feel that for a moment and then ask yourself, how will I feel if I stay committed? And let that positivity wash over you. Let it help you fight through. Let it help you move forward. Eventually, if you fight through a few times, usually three or four for me, you'll start feeling in a groove. Things will start to feel a little bit like second nature. It'll start to feel like a real routine. And you'll you'll get a groove started. And But here you have to work to keep it here. Because it's really easy to get dragged back into that fight through phase. There's kind of three things that drag me back. One is discouragement. You start telling yourself, wow, this isn't working. Or this really isn't working. And you start to feel discouraged. You're back in the fight through phase. You have to get real with yourself and ask if this is the fight you really want to win. If so, fight through again and find your groove again. It's okay if you get pulled back into discouragement as long as you keep fighting through. Another one that sometimes uh, gets me is disruption. Maybe you get out of your groove. Something happens and you miss a few days. You know, things happen. I get it. Holidays, weekends, illnesses, things happen. Winning the battle will depend on your determination to pick up and start again. Again, you're back in the fight through phase. Time to decide and commit again and again. Even if you have to do it a million times, it'll be worth it. Disruption can cause you to get back in that fight through phase, but keep fighting because eventually you'll get back into your groove. The third thing that gets me sometimes is that feeling that I have arrived, right? (laughs) Maybe after a week or so, you start feeling a lot better. The negative voices subsided and things start to feel different for you. It's so awesome. It's totally awesome. And you might start saying to yourself, oh, I don't need to go the full 30 days. I can be done now. It worked. And so you slack off a little bit and you only engage in fighting once a day. 
and then once every other day, and then not at all, right? The problem with this is that the new brain patterns you're forming are not strong enough to handle the next battle. They're little and they're weak. And the next time a major storm hits, you feel rejected or depressed, someone says something rude or inconsiderate, your new patterns, your new neural pathways, they won't be able to help you. They aren't strong enough to handle the load. You can't allow yourself to be seduced by success. You have to stay committed. You've got to go the full 30 days. You're back in the fight through phase. It's okay. Fight through. Even if you feel amazing at day 10 or day 20, go the full 30 days. Now, why 30 days, you ask me, right? Why not 21 days, like popular theory says, or 50 days even, right? Why 30? So I have no scientific proof here, and I haven't done any studies about it. I've read a lot of other studies, and I've read a lot of change theory. There are two things that I've read about that kind of made me decide on 30 days. The first is yelling at water. Maybe you've seen this on the internet. There's a Japanese scientist who conducted these experiments about talking to rice and yelling at water. The concept is that if you talk nicely to water, or if you yell rude remarks at the water while it's freezing, the crystals will form in decidedly different ways. The water that is praised and thanked forms amazing crystals that are organized and beautiful, while the yelling water forms distorted crystals that are ugly and don't look like crystals at all, to be honest. Now, I know that the internet has debunked this whole thing. There is some proof, but not nearly as strong as it was originally. But I've seen how this works in children and the high school and adult students that I've taught in the past. Yelling and talking negatively to anyone shuts them down and causes problems for them while praising and talking positively make a decided change in people's demeanor, their outlook, and their capabilities. And so I liked, I really, really liked that idea. I've seen it happen. And so then I took that idea and I paired it with the, the other concept of skin regeneration. Stick with me here for a second, okay? Did you know that every three to four weeks, the entire surface area of your skin regenerates? Like literally, every three to four weeks, you have brand new skin, brand new. There is ample, ample scientific research to back this up. You can Google it and it will tell you all sorts of things about it. They will also tell you why you still have scars, even if your skin regenerates, which is really kind of cool because I was really curious about that. But anyway, so I took these two concepts, right? Yelling at ice and skin regeneration. And I kind of put them together. My thought was, I want a new set of skin that has been talked to in a positive way. I literally want new positive skin. Is that weird? Maybe. Okay, maybe it's weird, but it works for me. It seriously works. So that is why I picked 30 days. It's enough days to actually have all brand new skin that has been exposed to my new thinking patterns, that has been infused with these talking back statements, that knows how to fight against those negative thinking patterns and those negative shaming voices in my head, right? Now, maybe that seems weird to have new skin. But it's worked and and I love it. I love the idea after 30 days of having new skin with new thinking patterns. So that's why I do 30 days. Now, once you fight through, once you get through that fight through phase for 30 days, you will have new intentional neuropathways. 
I'm really excited for you to do this with me. I'm really excited for this challenge. I'm going to talk about it as we go forward. And again, join the mailing list so you can get more information. But I want to close today with telling you just about an experience that I had the first time that I did these affirmations. One of the struggles that I was really facing the first time of these affirmations is that I just was highly skeptical of everyone around me. I didn't feel worthy of love. I didn't think that people liked me at all, actually. And particularly in social scenes, social settings, where I had to go and interact with lots of different people. And at that time, I was in charge of planning a really large event with lots of different people, and I had to speak at the event. One of the affirmations, one of the talking back statements that I wrote was, I am surrounded by love. And I would read that over and over again. And even in my head, it would just say, oh, I don't, I don't think that's true. But I kept reading it over and over again. I did my full 30 days. The night came that I had to speak at this really large function. And I got in my car and I was driving there and I was so nervous and I was so anxious and I, the shaming voices were, were just starting in my head. Like, no one's going to want to listen to you. No one's going to listen to what you have to say. These people don't like you. And all of a sudden, without even like trying, I sat up straight in my seat and I said to myself, no, I am surrounded by love. And this huge, overwhelming feeling of peace came into my heart and into my car. And I was in the process of turning around. I just wasn't going to show up. That's how nervous and scared I was. I was supposed to speak to about 400 people. And I was in the process of turning my car around and not going. And I changed my mind and I decided to go. I decided that I was surrounded by love and that I would go and I would show up and I would do what I needed to do and that it was going to be okay. Afterwards, I had so many people come up and talk to me and say wonderful things about what I had said and what I was and the topic and hug me and embrace me. And I truly was surrounded by love. As I sat on the stage after after I spoke and we were just kind of closing and finishing things up, I, I looked around and I really thought, you know, I really am. I really am surrounded by love. And that, that's the power of these statements. When we complete the challenge, when we go the full 30 days, they fight the battles for us. They become second nature. We memorize them. They become part of our psyche. And when we're challenged, when those shaming voices show up, we get the opportunity to have our talking back statements do the work for us. I will be forever grateful because that night speaking to that group changed the course of my life in so many ways. And I am just really grateful for that opportunity. And I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity to continue to share not only my story, but the things that have worked for me. I'm excited that you're going to go on this journey with me to talk back to the shame in our head. Because are you ready to go to war? Because I, I really, really am. I hope you've joined us on the website. I hope that you've shared this with someone. I hope you're ready. I hope you have a routine and that you can work on that a few more days until we get started. I'm going to start my statements on April 1st. If you're listening to this after that, no problem. Just join the website, join the Talking Back Challenge, and you'll still get all those worksheets and all the reminders and you'll be ready to go. 
As always, I want you to know that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel right now in this moment, no matter the ugly, shaming voices in your head, you are worth recovery. You are worth it. 100% worth it. Keep up the fight, okay? One day, one hour, one minute at a time. I think about you. I pray for you. I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.